Okay. Anyway, so our, our message today, we're going to go over a little bit about last week, which I think is okay, and because there are, are um, people that didn't hear last week's, but we're going to step into an area of praise. And I didn't talk to Kim about any of the songs today, but um, it, we're going to talk a little bit about praise. And the thing that the Lord, I, I heard the message of us coming down the steps at home this morning, the title, Praise the Key to Heaven's Door. Praise the key to heaven's door. Really is the key to heaven's door. Amen. And so we, we, you know, through the years I've led intercession and I've led prayer. And sometimes we get over into an area of praise. Um, not very often. Not as often as I felt convicted about on the inside that we needed to be do more pray, do more praising with our prayer time. And we're going to look at some of those scripture verses, how those are all connected together and how they work together and the importance of praise and prayer together. Amen. Okay. So, um, uh, I'm just gonna, you know, I just have a lot of different thoughts that come in. I'm going, is this the message? Is this the message? Who wants to hear that? Who needs to hear this? And so I, I just wrote down some of the things we're going to start. You can be turned into Romans eight, but um, the reason we're doing this seeking time, I really felt like the Lord has, has um, prompted me to encourage, prompted me to do it, but to encourage you guys to do it because of the day and the hour that we're moving into. And um, I think that it's really important. And now I'm seeing that that, that is uh, something that is being prophesied or spoke about, these times of prayer, these pockets of prayer that need to be happening to get get the church ready. And I've been saying for a long time, the church needs to be ready. And there was uh, several things that I woke down talking about awakening. The church needs to wake up to who we are in Christ. The church needs to wake up to who we are in Christ. You cannot go into battle if you don't know who you are. You can't go into battle. And um, the church needs to wake up to what we have in Christ. Wake up to what we have in Christ. Amen? What we have. We have weapons. We have the Holy Spirit. We are we're fully dressed in armor. We have all kinds of weapons that we can use. The church needs to wake up to what we are to do. Now, you've heard me talking about that a lot. <clears throat> As a church, we are to preach the gospel. We are to lay hands on the sick and then recover. We are to cast out devils and to speak in new tongues. And so as a church, that is your job, that is your ministry, and you have that ministry of reconciliation that talks about in 2 Corinthians 5. A ministry of reconciliation means that you can, you can bring reconciliation between a non-believer and God. See, he's done everything he's going to do in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he left it for the church to do. Amen. Now, I don't, know that, I don't know what's being preached in other churches, but I know I'm responsible to tell you what your part is. I'm responsible to tell you what you have been given and the weapons. I'm responsible to tell you to go do those things and to encourage you in doing that. So I, I, that's, that's my job, and I believe, I believe I've been doing it okay. Uh, the Lord will have to let me know if I'm not, but um, I, I believe that's the case. And, and, and we are on track with what God wants this church and this ministry doing. Now, there is some things that the Lord's been showing me that um, are coming. <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk about them. Sorry, guys. But, but we are on track with what's, what's going on. And, so, um, and you know when, when God tells you something, 
doesn't make any difference if it's tomorrow or two years from now or ten years from now. God doesn't care. He's not interested in time. He's not interested in timing. He's interested in the job getting done. Okay? So, so he may tell us something to do. We do what we know to do until he tells us something different. Okay? And so that's important that we keep doing what we know to do. And it doesn't mean there isn't other things that are happening in the spirit realm that we can't see. See, everything happens in the spirit realm first and then manifests here. That's why prayer is so important. Prayer is so important because what prayer does, it gets God's kingdom here on earth. Now, the enemy may try to be set. The enemy may try to set up his kingdom here, but prayer thwarts that. Prayer stops that. Prayer changes that and brings God's kingdom here instead of the devil's kingdom. Amen? Okay. Okay. So prayer is so essential and so important for your own personal life, for the, for the church, for the, for the government, for those who are in authority. It's important that we pray. And that's why we're doing this, because the church needs to get busy and pray more. Pray more. And, and if you can do it at home, that's great. As we come together in prayer, there's a corporate anointing on it. So we can move a lot more if we're praying together. Amen? Amen. Okay, so Romans 8. We're going to talk a little bit about last week because this is so important. Boy, listen to me. Don't I sound important? <laughs> I mean, this is, that's God. It's not me, folks. I'll tell you, me, me, the me in the me, the flesh me wants to go this way right now. So the me on the inside, the God on the inside of me has got to get this across to you. <laughs> anyway, Romans 8. Romans 8. Um, in the Amplified, I'm going to be reading this. Probably expounding on a little bit, but Romans 8, 2. We'll, we'll start there in just a minute. The importance of seeking the Lord, and, and we'll, I'll be handing that flyer out here in a little bit, but it's really important uh, in our seeking time that we get ourselves built up. And, and I had this illustration last week, but I didn't use it. But have you ever seen those great big muscle men? Probably some of you guys would know. Those great big muscle men, and they put this rope around their chest, and they pull this big, huge semi-truck. Have you ever seen that done? Yeah. See, that's what we're supposed to look like in the spirit realm. <laughs> we're supposed to look like that in the spirit realm. We're supposed to be built up strong in the Lord and his and the power of his might and we're to break the power of all demonic influences that want to tie us back okay so Romans 8 2 <clears throat> so for the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus the law of our new being has freed me has set me free from the law of sin and death so you are free in the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ you are free okay Okay, for God, verse 3, for God has done what the law could not do, being weakened by the flesh, that is the entire nature of man, without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it, deprived it of his power over all who accept that sacrifice. So Jesus dealt with the sin nature, the sin nature. But we have been living in this flesh nature, and it's the flesh nature that we have to deal with. It's the flesh nature 
that we have to deal with. It's the flesh nature that has us tied or held back. It's the flesh nature. And flesh nature is like fear of man, fear of whatever. The flesh nature is um, uh, wants to go have its own party and do its own thing. You know, that's exactly what it wants to do. Okay, so verse 4, so that the righteousness, righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in, always in the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives governed not by standards according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, um, so verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh and controlled by its unholy desires... Set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace. So it's important that we set our minds on the things of God or set our minds on the spirit, okay, so that you have life. You don't set it on the things of the flesh and have death, okay? Seven, that is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God for it it does not submit itself to God's law. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature cannot please or satisfy God or even be acceptable to him. Um, I want to really get to verse 13. Um, 10 through that on 9, 10, 11 are all good. Verse 13, for if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death mortifying, mortifying, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. So worship, praying in the spirit, fasting, all those things cause the flesh to take a back seat. And those are the things we want to do. And last week, well, let's look at Philippians, just Philippians first. Again, we're still in some of last week. Philippians 3, 7. Okay, Philippians 3, 7 says, But whatever things were gained to me, this is Paul talking, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ, more than that I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value. The thing that's important to Paul is the value of having, knowing Jesus as Lord. That's more important than anything else in this world. And that's the thing that we have to value more. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them that count them but rubbish. I think King James says dung in order that I may gain Christ and may be found in verse nine in him, not having righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I might attain to the resurrection from the dead. 
now that I have already, not that I have already. Now, Paul, you remember Paul, he's the one that was crucifying the Christians. Paul was crucifying the Christians, but he became born again. And he, and, um, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. But Paul says, I press on. I press on. I press on. Paul says, I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. See, Jesus got a hold of each one of us. So we need to press on and lay hold of what he has promised us, what he has given us in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have to press on. So last Sunday, I used Bowen, but he's tied up. So, um, Josh, (laughs) you want to come up here and then you two young men over here. Sebastian and Nick, I press on. Okay, so stand right here, Josh. Just pretend Josh is that. Let's see. Wait a minute. No, not yet. He's not that yet. Just step right up here. Okay, and you guys are just going to hold the ends for me. Just hold the ends. Okay, now these are these are different bondages that I used last week. And um, see, when we're praying and fasting, these things are going to get uncovered when you're praying, you're worshiping, you're fasting, you're meditating the word, those are, these things are going to rise up in you and you need to deal with them. It's okay. It's okay. Nobody here has arrived and nobody is perfect, but that's what we're pressing towards. We're pressing on being towards, towards, we're pressing towards being like Jesus. Amen. We're pressing on. So the more we can get rid of the bondages, the more life we have flowing through us. I've talked about this a lot. And it's really important. The more we can get rid of bondages or things that are holding or weighting us down, the more we can, we can serve him and do for him. Okay, so we'll just start with, we'll just start with this one here. You take a hold of that. Okay. No, this isn't where it goes. <laughs> anyway, so this, is, this can be, I mean, there's all kinds of things that hold us back. Remember? All kinds of things. This could be, unforgiveness unforgiveness say he hasn't forgiven somebody but he doesn't know that but if he's praying and seeking the lord there'll be a memory come to him that he remembered he didn't forgive so and so and so and so so what he needs to do see he's he's trying to move forward in the things of god now don't let him guys he's trying to move forward in the things of god but he can't because this thing here has got him bound so he needs to i i hear what that is i repent Ask your father to forgive me. I forgive them. And, and you do it by faith. Sometimes I hear so many people say, I can't forgive that person. Well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You forgive them. You let them go because you're not hurting them. any. it's hurting you more than it is them. You let them go. And you think on the right things. The minute you start thinking on the thing they did to you, you're back into unforgiveness. And so when you get back into unforgiveness, you've got to do it all over again. You can't just... You can't just do it once and it's a one-done thing. That's why our mind thinking on the right things is so important. Thinking on the right things. So when you forgive somebody, you start blessing them. You start speaking good of them. You start praying for them. You start encouraging them. God will even tell you something to do for them, to bless them. You know, you do that. Okay, keep that tied up there. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, within reason. I guess we'll do that. No, you got free from that. Give me that. (laughs) All right, now, let's, let's do this one. All right. So there's, there's another bondage. He's praying in the Spirit. All of a sudden, he realizes, oh, I was, 
I was walking in fear in that situation. That comes rising up. So he repents for being in fear. And he asks the Lord to forgive him and cleanse him. And then he, what he needs to do is confess scripture verses that God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. Meditate on the right scripture verses. Okay? Here's another one. Now this, I mean, it doesn't matter. This may not, you may come across something that doesn't, oh, that's not a big deal, you know. Not a big deal. I know. I can just keep going with the Lord. Well, just try to go forward. Hang on, guys. Just try to go forward. See, it's hindering him. It's still hindering him. Okay? So it doesn't make any difference how big it is or how small it is. Get rid of it. It causes more life to flow in you. Amen? Okay, and this was a fun one last week. This was, to me, this was fun. There's two of them. Well, they're all fun, but, you know, not for you, but they are. <laughs> okay, now isn't this pretty? Have you ever seen these lit up? These are very pretty. Very pretty. Okay, so there's a, a sin thing that looks really good. It's very pretty. Oh, I don't think I want to get rid of that. It's, it's not harmful. It's just very pretty. Yeah, you still want to get rid of it because it's hindering you. It's just a, it's a beautiful thing, but, you know, it's still a hindrance. And it can be, maybe you're obsessed with going to the hairdresser every week or 10 days or five days, or maybe you're obsessed with that. I'm not saying you can't do that, but if that's way important, more important than your relationship with the Lord, then it's a sin area, okay? Okay. All right. So now this one was really fun. This is, see, this was a, this is a drop cord. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is a drop cord. Now, let's say you're praying in the spirit and you're, uh, you guys know, know this answer. Don't speak it out. So you're praying in the spirit and you're just trucking right along. Everything's going really good. All of a sudden the Lord shows you something that is shocking. Get it? It's shocking. Shocking. Come on. It's shocking. Get it? Get it? It's shocking. And you thought, oh, me? No way. There's no sin there. I don't have that problem. Ah, no. It's shocking. You still have to get rid of it. Okay? All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. So, see, all of those things hinder us from moving forward in the things of God. Okay? So, um, so it's important that we build ourselves up spiritually. Now, Dennis, I need you to hand out a couple pages. <clears throat> um, yeah, everybody else can turn to Second Corinthians 10. Just a minute. Oh, I better hang on to that one. Here, here, here. <laughs> That's my, yeah, take those. Everybody gets one of each that have, yeah, yeah. And so this is something my husband put together uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, maybe some of you will remember it. You could give one of those to Frances if you want to. She can help you with that, handing those out. Frances, you want to just take the other half of that and uh, help Dennis a little bit with that? That'd be fine. So anyway, this is um, a form that my husband put together. And a lot of what we're talking about, but this gives the scripture verses and the reasons and the, the importance of these private worship and prayer, praying in the spirit. And I, I want you to have that. And you can put this in your binder. Uh, this will be a, um, important. Today we're going to focus on... Hmm? Uh, yeah, that has a binder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So 2 Corinthians 10.3 is where we're supposed to be going while they're doing that. 2 Corinthians 10.3. I don't know that we're really going to spend any time on this. Again, this is something my husband put together a number of years back, but the importance of private worship and prayer, spending time daily in private worship uh, is... uh, uh, really important. You'll you'll just look at those scripture verses. It's important to go over those, and and look at them. So Second Corinthians ten three. Um, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So we don't war like we just saw. We don't war according to the flesh. Um, we for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Verse 5, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so, so we have weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not carnal, but they're able to deal with the things that are, are um, dominating our flesh, like praying in the Spirit, worship, uh, fasting, all of those areas, meditating the word, reading the word, all those things are, are weapons. So uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are the things that we have erected in our thought patterns that are not, that are not God. If you think of a, a tower, just use Jericho, for example. If you think of Jericho and how they had the great big walls around, we'll just wait. We'll see how far we go. Um, you know how the, the walls were around Jericho and how the praisers would march and they, they did what God told them to do every day. And so in doing that, in doing that then they, they uh, were able to pull down the stronghold or the resistance against God. You see? Um, so, so anyway, we have weapons that are, are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, the pulling down of strongholds that have been erected in our mind. Those strongholds, they can be, they can be wrong teaching. The strongholds can be fear. The strongholds can be, um, a a fleshly lusty thing that you, you like the strongholds. So, so we have weapons of praying in the spirit, of praise, of, of fasting that will pull down those strongholds just like it did in the battle of Jericho. They pulled down those strongholds. Amen? Okay, that stronghold. Okay, so, so let's read that one more time. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our... And according to the flesh, I'm just going to tell you, you can go get um, help with a doctor... You can go get help with your mind. You can go get all kinds of help. But you really need the help of the Holy Spirit. You really need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It breaks the yokes. The anointing breaks the yokes. The Word of of God is anointed. And so when the Word of God goes out, it breaks the yokes off of you. It comes against and breaks those strongholds off of your mind. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of 
fortresses. For we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We take the thought. We take the thoughts captive. God doesn't do it for you. You take it captive. Okay? All right. So today we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about um, praise as part as one of those weapons that will deal with those strongholds. Amen? So praise is the key that unlocks heaven's gates. I mentioned that. Uh, the only way the devil can stop praise, the only way the devil can stop praise is if we don't do it. If we don't do it. Okay? Praise is an expression of our love to God. It's an expression of our love to God. So when praise is going on, when Kim's up here leading praise and worship, just know that you're expressing your love to God. doesn't matter if you can't sing. You are a spirit. He is a spirit. It's, it's spirit to spirit. Okay? Praise is an expression of your love towards him. So you close your eyes and you picture him and you love him. You love him. I love you, Father. I praise you. I give you glory and honor. You are so good. You are so good to me. Jesus, 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 I love you. I love you, Holy Spirit. Greater is he that's in me. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're all, everything I said, I was releasing my love and appreciation and, and worth towards him. Amen. I was releasing that towards him. Praise comes out of the same place your prayer language comes out of. You know, you hear me, you hear me when I got real loud in praise. I'm not loud. I'm not loud. My spirit, the Holy Spirit and my spirit man were wanting to express praise to him. And so I just, it just, it's just like the intercession I do. I just want to give it expression because it wants out. That praise wants out. You know, because it's going somewhere. It's opening up heaven's doors so that he can pour out that blessing on us. Amen. So, um, so praise comes out of the same place tongues does. It's not a head thing. It's not a head thing. A lot of people think prayer is a head thing. It is not a head thing. If you're in your head praying, you better get out of your head. It's out of your spirit, man. It's out of your inner man that you pray. And it's out of your inner man that you praise. That's who you are. You're a spirit man. You're a spirit man. You're a spirit being. That is who you are. That is who you are. Say, that is who I am. That is who I am. I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. I have a soul. I have a soul. And I live in a body. My spirit, My spirit is in a dominant position. And it seeks after God. My flesh takes a back seat. It doesn't dominate me. I dominate it. In Jesus' name. Okay, let's look at Ephesians. And we're going to travel really fast. <laughs> Not that we haven't been. But I, I, next, next week is still on praise. I know that. I didn't. I come to a place in my notes and I go, oh, I got too many notes. So next week is on praise too. Ephesians 6, 18. This is part of the, this is part of the job of the church is to be praising and worshiping. There is no place for intimidation. You know, if you are ashamed of anything, 
If you are ashamed of anything where the gospel is concerned, it will not come to you. If you're ashamed of praying in tongues, it will not come to you. If you're ashamed of worshiping and praising God, it will not come to you. Okay? It won't come. It won't come. You can't be ashamed of those things. Ephesians 6.18, it says, With all prayer, all prayer. Now, there are probably nine different kinds of prayer. I don't know if I've ever taught on that or not. But one of the prayers is praise and worship. The prayer of praise and worship. That's one of the prayers. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. So all prayers. So one of the prayers we can use is the prayer of praise and worship. Okay. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy. Flip over to 1 Timothy then. Um, 2.1. 1 Timothy 2.1. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and, what's that next word? Thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all good godliness and dignity. That is the job of the church to be praying for those who are in authority so that you can live a peaceable life. Amen. So see that as another prayer. First of all, that I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings. So you have prayer and praise, prayer and thanksgiving, all uh, working together, working together. One more, Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. And this is a favorite chapter of mine anyway, but Philippians 4, 6. 4, 4 says, am I going too fast? I'm sorry, guys. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious. Now, this is number, verse 6 is where we're going. Be anxious for nothing. That means don't worry, you don't fret, you're not careful, you're not anxious. God said, don't, don't be that way. Don't be that way. Again, it's not going to get you anywhere if you're in anxiety. It won't get you anywhere. You just, well, if, if you're dealing with a situation, you just as well sit down and not try to deal with it until you're out of care and anxiety. Amen? I mean, really. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've tried to deal with it in a place of care and anxiety. And it, I just went in circles. I just went in circles. You know, you cannot, you can't deal with it that way. Okay, so <clears throat> it goes on. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So again, it's, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving, prayer, praise, worship is all important to bringing the manifestation of God's will, okay? Worship, praise, thanksgiving, all, they all, all work together. They all, all work together. They're tied in prayer, okay? And so um, <clears throat> just about finished here. I know it's going on close to noon. But anyway, Psalm 22, Psalm 22, and I want you to see this. If you ever sat in um, <clears throat> a prayer time, 
maybe here on Wednesday nights. Sometimes in the service, sometimes in the service, the presence of the Lord is so strong. Um, But see, verse 22, Psalm 22, I mean, 3, Psalm 22, 3. Yet thou art holy, O thou who art enthroned upon the praises of Israel. God inhabits, my little side note says there, dost inhabit the praises. God inhabits our praises. And so, you know, when he comes in sometimes, it's just like you can't, you don't even want to breathe. You can't hardly breathe. His presence is so strong that you just want to sit there and not even move because you just so enjoy the presence of the Lord. It is so real and it's so strong. And you just want to bask in that and soak it up. What he's doing, he's, he's talking to you. He's refreshing you. He's encouraging you. He's even coming in right now as I'm talking because I'm talking about it. He's encouraging you. Amen. Sense his presence. You sense his presence. So, so he inhabits the praises of our, the praises of us, of our, he inhabits our praises. So it's important that we praise him, spend time in his presence because there's refreshing, there's strength, there's knowing he talks to us. It's just so, it's, it's just, and when that happens, listen, listen to what he's telling you because he's talking to you. Okay. Okay. Let's look at Acts 13. Hmm, Acts 13, Acts 13.2. And this has got to do with uh, um, the church in Antioch, I think. I believe another. Yeah, and verse 2, and while they were ministering, what do you think ministering is there? What do you think that word ministering means? Maybe King James says something else. Worshiping, okay. And while they were ministering or worshiping to the Lord and fasting, listen, look at this. The Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit told them what to do. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And then verse 3, then they fasted and prayed, laid hands on them and sent them out. But they were ministering, worshiping the Lord. They were worshiping the Lord. And they heard the Holy Spirit say, Worshiping the Lord, and they heard the Holy Spirit say, Amen? Okay. In that kind of atmosphere, you can get direction. You can get understanding on the situation that you're dealing with. Amen? It, and it, um, one more, Acts 16.22. Acts 16.22. And I've talked about this one before, I know. I have, but... Um, not in light of worship necessarily, but Acts 16, more in light of probably prayer, but Acts 16, 22. And this is uh, um, uh, Paul and, and Silas. Remember, Paul cast out the uh, demonic influence from that girl and they got upset because they were losing their money. And verse 23, well, uh, verse 23. And when they had inflicted many blows upon Paul, and Silas, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. Guard them securely. And it, it, it meant death for him if they didn't guard, if, he, if they got away. It meant death for that jailer. <clears throat> Verse 24, and he, and he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison 
and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, praise, hymns of praise. They were praying and praising. See the connection there, the importance of that? And it was midnight. It, maybe it was midnight at night for them. But that's what we need to do when it's the darkest for us, in the darkest hour. When everything looks like it's nothing is working. <laughs> and you, I'll tell you, your flesh will tell you, you do not. What is that going to do? Your flesh will tell you, what is that going to do, praising and worshiping? Your flesh will tell you that. But see, we're not of the flesh. We're of the spirit. So spirit, the spiritual things are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? They are mighty. So it doesn't matter. The midnight hour, you want to worship and pray. And worship and pray. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, you don't worship and pray and try to figure out in your mind what to do. (laughs) That is not worshiping and praying. You worship and pray totally, spirit, soul, and body to the Lord. Totally. And if you, if you have to worship and praise for two hours to get to that place, then you worship and praise till you get to you totally spirit, soul, and body worshiping and praising him. Not thinking about you could care less about the situation anymore. That's what you should care less about the situation anymore. You should get so wrapped up in praising God because he's got the answer. See, he's got the answer. When you step into that place, he inhabits your praises and he gives you the answer. You should be so totally wrapped up in that. It doesn't make any difference. Your flesh can holler at you, but you're going to worship the Lord. And you know that's where your answer is. Okay? Okay, so now look at this. But then about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Not only was it a... Not only was it going to help Paul and Silas, but it was, a, it was a witness and a testimony to those prisoners as well. And suddenly, now we're always wanting something to happen quick, right? <laughs> and suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. But you know what Paul heard? Paul heard, and it doesn't say that, but Paul heard probably in his praise and and his worship, don't run out of here. I need the jailer and his family saved. So Paul never left. He didn't leave. He said, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Even all the other prisoners were still there. Don't kill yourself. And so, so then he was able to bring salvation. They had a revival, a revival right there in the jail, a revival right there in the jail, the, uh, a place that you wouldn't even think there would be revival. See, and God's going to put some of us in those places. He's going to put some of us in those places to bring revival where it looks totally hopeless. Okay? Totally hopeless. All right. So suddenly, quickly and unexpectedly, God showed up. And, um, and we'll, I think we're going to stop right there. We'll pick up, probably go over a little bit more. 